you know what that sound means? It's now streaming. Now you gotta ask yourself, did I watch three movies or four? Welcome to Now Streaming. Now Streaming on Now Streaming, where we learn what we are now streaming. I got you for 15 minutes. I came in to do two things. Shoot bubblegum and tell you what I've been streaming. And I'm all out of bubblegum. We're streaming along because it's now streaming time this week on Now Streaming. Welcome back to another episode of Now Streaming. I'm your host, Drew Crawford, accompanied as always by my two glorious co-hosts, Drew Allen and Kyle Cox. Hi. And uh, this is our our last podcast of the year uh, of 2021, which is pretty exciting. But Kyle, I hear we might have some mailbag. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been saving uh, some of these some of these tweets that we've gotten uh, to let them pile up and then kind of go through them together. They're all from Dale, uh, our, our one <laughs> listener. So I thought they might be enjoyed together uh, from the Eternals podcast. Uh, Dale reached out to us to say Angelina Jolie will bring the MCU down and then followed that up with I love two of you. Uh Wow. And the fact that there's three of us, that's tough. I would let everybody decide for themselves which two he loves. What a divisive tweet. It was. Because <laughs> yeah. Eternals is so good. <laughs> that's the divisive part. Um, and then uh, after our uh, Broken Arrow podcast, uh, Dale reached out with so much anger. Did you even watch Broken Arrow with multiple <laughs> exclamation points and, and uh, question marks? And then he said, you are all grounded which I think is is very fitting uh, for this. Uh, after our MCU ranking pod, uh, Dale, uh, in response to Captain America, the first Avenger Bay ranked 15, he responded, 15, 15, with multiple exclamation points and question marks. I'm a ghost out here screaming. <laughs> Kyle is right. He fought for your freedom. The he there being Captain America, I think, and not me. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Wow. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> after our last podcast, our Christmas episode, um, he, he had two points. Uh, number one, Crawford's take on It's a Wonderful Life is both un-American and anti-Jesus. He should be ashamed. <laughs> I don't know how it's anti-Jesus <laughs> or un-American, but I, I appreciate the thought. And we, we let anybody, including Dale or Alan, write in. So, uh, And then number two he had was Championship Game of best Christmas movies would be Elf versus It's a Wonderful Life with Elf winning in overtime. And I'd like to pitch to you guys now, uh, 355 days in advance, that next Christmas we do either a, we do a bracket pod of Christmas movies and we, uh, we each get to rank our favorite ones and let them duel it out. Because uh, I think that could be a fun way of doing Terrible Christmas movies. And speaking of terrible Christmas movies, uh, Drew, I took your recommendation over the week and I watched Klaus uh, on Netflix. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that movie. Right? To the point where at the end, like I had a tear and it wasn't wow. a big one, but it also wasn't a small one. Mm. And <laughs> it, I didn't let it roll all the way down my cheek. But at the end, I was like, this movie's dumb. Turn it off. Like I really, <laughs> it, it really touched me. And I don't, uh, I don't know why, but that's a great cast and a great story. And my daughter loved it, which there was no songs in it. So, wow, chances of that happening were slim. Huge. 
Yeah. So, uh, so I did, and I would like to point out that I, as a co-host, I listened to my other co-hosts, and when they oh said, "Oh my gosh, please watch something," I did it, and I feel like that's good for me. That's it happened um, one time, <laughs> one only once. Uh, and then also, I know that you guys have been waiting on pins and needles for a week to hear how Ink Master Four wrapped up, and let me tell you something: my boy Sausage got screwed in the finale. He did not win, and I'm mad about it. And I realized this was filmed like eight years ago and i'm still spoiler upset. alert yeah my boy sausage did not win uh and then finally about ink master because i know y'all been waiting to hear my review on ink master uh the finales are all done live yeah and that really gives that really makes me appreciate the ryan seacrest of the world <laughs> so much because watching dave navarro and then two other tattoo guys try to like just get through a live show mm-hmm. and like get in and out of breaks and like kind of hand it off from one person to the next. It's terrible. <laughs> like it's, it's so bad. <laughs> yes. It's rough. And that makes me appreciate the Ryan Seacrest of the world so much more because you see American Idol and it just, the whole thing is freaking live for the last five weeks or whatever. And it's just seamless. They just kill mm-hmm. it. And Ink Master is just terrible. <laughs> the finale. Yeah. And, and, and- in that same vein, like Ryan Seacrest and, you know, it's the end of the year. He's probably going to do the new year's Eve. Yeah. Like show or whatever those. And like the Macy's day parade, like those kind of things are always kind of cringy. Cause you're like, Ooh, it's just people on a camera for three hours talking about anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you hope it's good. And it's normally fine. And to your point, like it is very, uh, almost a subtle art that you take for granted until you see it done poorly. And then you're yeah. like, Ooh, that's uh, that's actually a hard job. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, beyond ink master, I watched don't look up like an yes. hour ago. Yeah. How uh, was that? Did, have either of you seen it or do you know what it is? No, not yet, but I want to, it's on my list to watch this week. Same. Yeah. Adam McKay's uh, political satire movie with every star that you can imagine. Uh, being in it i really really liked it uh it's pretty heavy-handed like it's not very subtle and like the global warming is killing us but told Mm. in an armageddon fashion um where instead of us you know destroying the planet little by little there's an actual asteroid coming to blow us up and we're just refusing to do anything about it um but i loved Mm. it and if jennifer lawrence should have ever won an oscar it should have been for this performance because it was so much better than Silver Linings Playbook. And the first time I've ever like turned off a movie that Jennifer Lawrence was in and been like, I really enjoyed her in that movie. Wow. But, uh, and then like at first I didn't really buy Leo as like a nerdy professor from Michigan State. And then by the end of it, he kind of won me over. And I was I was like, yeah, you this was you were the right choice for this. Um, but, uh, and then there's one character, I won't spoil anything for you guys. There's one character who is supposed to be like the, uh, like the Bezos, uh, like the Elon Musk kind of like Mark Zuckerberg, like person of the, of this world. And he is just so fantastic. And <laughs> wow. like, there's no doubt in my mind that if we were to have an asteroid coming at us right now, that we would act this way. And that is portrayed in this movie as opposed to what they did in Armageddon. Like we would hundred percent do it. Adam McKay is like laughing about like, ha wouldn't it be funny if the world acted like we would do it. And like, mm-hmm. we would like, there's nothing we can do about it. We wouldn't hire Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck to go up there and drill a hole in it and blow it up. So 
Uh, but I really, really, really enjoyed it. I would like to watch it one more time uh, to kind of see where it ranks on my 2021 list. But a really, really good watch. I think it's worth it. Your- it's about 30 minutes too long, but it's worth your two hours because uh, mm. it's, it's a good flick. What about you guys? What have y'all been watching? Great recommendations. I'll go ahead and take it away. Um, I also listened to my co-host recommendations. I know um, a couple of us like to do that. One of us doesn't. So uh, I'm not trying to point any fingers, but I heard Kyle, you talk over and over again about Venom to let there be carnage and how much you love that movie. So I decided to throw it on last night at two in the morning. (laughs) And let me tell you what, for a movie I had to pay no money for, I wasn't upset about it. Yeah. It's not too long. It's not the greatest thing in the world, but it's a pretty enjoyable hour and a half. I think the best thing about Venom 2 is like, if you know you're going to make a bad movie, like if you've shot a movie and like it's done and you're like editing it and you're like, this is a bad movie. The uh-huh. best thing you can do is keep it at 90 minutes long <laughs> yeah. as opposed to three hours long, like Eternals. Really at least point. Andy Serkis was like, you know what? Let's cut this at 90 minutes and let's ship it out there and yeah. see what happens. Yeah. And I, I, I love, I like the character of Venom. He's, he was one of my favorites growing up, but I feel like what I have to imagine is what happens when these movies are like the Venom movies are being made is like the producers don't want to fund this movie, but <laughs> they're like, no, this character's really big and famous. So everybody's going to come and watch that. And they're like, all right, well then you don't get to make a good movie. So, cause people are going to come in here and watch it anyways. And it's like, no, make me a good movie and everybody will come and watch a good movie. Why don't they, why don't they do that? Why can't we do both? Did you, yeah, exactly. Did you see- did you see the parallels I was talking about? Like just rewriting Spider-Man two, but doing like lines of cocaine while rewriting <laughs> Spider-Man two. Uh, yeah. Yes. The fact that the supervillain has an extra four arms coming out of its back made. It <laughs> I didn't clear. think about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the movie works at, at some points. Like it, it works best when Venom's being like, I can't tell if he's like a super healthy influence on Eddie Brock. <laughs> Or if he's just like a super immature, like teenager. Yeah. I think there's like this, when it, when when Venom's like a super ignorant teenager who thinks he can't stop the world or the world can't stop him, like nothing can stop him. He's invincible. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Like there's one point where I, I thought it was a, a Wahlberg playing the other cop, like the detective. I don't think it was though. I, um, Stephen Glenn or something like that is who I looked it up. And at one point, he says something snarky to Eddie Brock, and Venom just in the background says, "I want to eat him." Yeah, and I legitimately laughed out loud. It caught me off guard. <laughs> I was expecting this movie to be terrible and slow, but it, it actually has some pretty good moments, um, despite kind of being a hodgepodge and not really having a reason to be made. Which is kind yeah. of right, my takeaways from the first. At its also. best, it's not slow. You know, yeah. <laughs> at its short. best, it is it is short and it is fast, and you're like, "Wow, all right, yeah, we did yeah, it, yeah. we finished." And there, there are some great moments in the middle, but uh, I, I overall not the not the most uh, impactful ninety minutes you can spend in your life. Yeah. But if you got it, there are worse options out there. <laughs> I think uh, seeing it at two a.m. too is like the best way. Yeah, to exactly. Do it. You exactly. got some like old cold pizza around, <laughs> and you're like on the couch. Like I might as well do it. Yeah. It's just something to time to go by until your eyes get tired. Mm-hmm. Um, another movie I threw on here, another comic book movie, is Batman. Mask of the Phantom. Have y'all seen this movie? 
Mm-hmm. The old cartoon movie that came out a long time ago. And the only reason I know about this is because when I went to my grandparents' house as a kid, like eight years old, they had three movies, one of which was Huckleberry Finn. One was some other wild kids out in the wild movie. And then this movie, Batman Mask of the Phantom, which I assume they bought for the kids, not realizing that this is like a more mature story for Batman. Because like the whole time, there's rarely any action. And it's all about Bruce Wayne and his girlfriend, who was the daughter of a mob boss kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And it was kind of trippy and nostalgic for me to walk through it and be like, I never watched this movie and I don't know why. And then I watched it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's why. Because nothing <laughs> Batman really happens in this movie. It's like long stretches of him rolling around doing karate in his backyard when his girlfriend shows up. And they like, fall in love terrible. immediately. <laughs> yeah. It's not the best. It, I've seen it on the HBO Max like DC hub. And I've been like, oh, I might want to watch that. And I think I saw the trailer for it and was like, I think I'm going to pass on it right now. And yeah. I've done that about four times. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's it's definitely going to pass unless you went to your grandparents' house as a kid and it was one of three movies you watched <laughs> and you turned it on a couple times and never got through it. Um, and even then, uh, I think there are better Batman movies that come out. Uh, but you do get Mark Hamill as the Joker, so that was fun. Nice. And then my last movie that I watched uh, also at 2 a.m. on a separate night is I've been going through a series of movies that you have to watch. And this week's was Singing in the Rain, a quite enjoyable film. Okay, yeah. Uh, A great musical with a bunch of dance numbers. Gene Kelly, man, that man is a handsome man. And a very talented dancer. And Debbie Reynolds, who is, uh, anybody know whose mother she is? Not Reynolds. Right. Nope. <laughs> Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher's mom. Obviously, yeah. Yes. Uh, for sure what I was going to guess next. Yeah, that was your second guess. Um, yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. There are a couple dance numbers and music parts I was like, huh, I don't really know how this works into the movie, but I guess that's how they did it back then. And that was fun to experience. Yeah, different time. Some of the things I've been streaming this week, uh, I did the season finale of Hawkeye, uh, nice. which was yeah. which was really enjoyable. I liked it a lot. I did the season finale of The Wheel of Time, which I can nice. officially confirm I do not like, <laughs> uh, which is such a bummer because I love the books. I'm still reading the books. I'm like, I'm digging through them. The thing I hate about the show is that they only had eight episodes, which is not enough for this book. So like, I get it you were you were stuck you have to change some stuff but they changed so many things that it's not even really close it's like the the characters are named the same and that's about it and you're like all right sweet you just changed everything i loved about this so um (laughs) that reminds me of when aragon came out do you remember that dragon oh yeah 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 i felt the same way where i love this movie but or i'm sorry i love this book but this movie is terrible yeah um i also listened to the recommendation of one of my co-hosts and started watching good omens on prime and it's really good that is a book that's a book that i read that the show is living up to and is crushing it nice so uh, i'm loving that um and then i also watched matrix resurrections that came out this week okay is it worth it uh yes okay uh 
Especially because, like Drew mentioned earlier, I saw it for free on HBO Max. There you go. Oh, um, I didn't realize it was on HBO Max. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Um, it's really good. I think it's my second favorite Matrix movie. That does, wow. at first glance, that's like, oh, wow. But then you realize what you had to beat out for that. And it's sure not a lot. Yeah. But this is like the sequel we wanted then. That's good. Yeah. Uh, they do a really good job of scratching the nostalgia itch and giving you everything you wanted from it 20 years later, while also telling a slightly new story uh, mm. without entirely recreating, you know, the whole thing. It's not a total redo and it's not a total sequel. It's somewhere in between. And it's a nice mix. Okay, cool. Um, mm. Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss both do a really good job. Neil Patrick Harris does a phenomenal job. What? Yeah, and his oh, character man. is really good. I I really love Jonathan Groff. I think he is one of the most underutilized actors of this generation. Tell me he's great. Uh, yes, yeah. Okay. I, I don't then, want to spoil what his character is. For oh, me. don't tell me. Yeah, okay, fine. I'll yeah, just watch it. I'll watch it tonight. I'll watch it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the one line I will give away from this movie, because I think it's it encapsulates perfectly the... Uh, Wachowski's like view on this is that uh, at one point Keanu Reeves's character is having to like make a video game about the matrix. It, it happens in the first like five minutes. So I'm not spoiling anything for you. Okay. And uh, his boss comes to him and is like, they want you to make a sequel. And he's like, what? No, like we, it, it's over. Like, I'm not going to make another one. Uh, you know, we have a contract. Like, I, I'm not going to make another one. He said, ah, but our parent company, Warner Brothers, says that you have to. Oh, so wow. They're either going to do it with you or do it without you. So you can be involved or not. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. And I was so like, that's a sh- yeah, feel, feels very much like a shot. Uh, but it was very good. Uh, and then finally, the last thing, uh, the new Harry Potter reunion is coming out on January 1st. Yeah, And so my wife and I are watching all the Harry Potter movies. We started on Christmas and we're going to get them all done. So we watched two that night. Uh, then we watched number three on Sunday and we watched four last night. We're going to watch five tonight as soon as we get off this pod. I can barely get my wife to sit through a full episode of The Witcher before going to sleep. I don't understand how your, your, your sweet, your poor sweet wife handles multiple Harry Potter movies back to back. on a work night yeah well she's off from work this week and we don't have a baby so that's like some key differences uh, yeah y'all are winning never mind (laughs) uh but as we close the last thing i want to do i was thinking about this it's the last pod we're doing in 2021 and i was thinking back on uh some of the the movies that came out this year it's been a weird year for movies uh a lot of things we were looking forward to got pushed um Mm. You know, I'm still waiting on Top Gun 2. It's been, you know, forever. Uh, this time it's Maverick. Ooh. Uh, but it, it's it been a weird year. Like, some movies didn't come out at all. Some movies just came out on streaming. Some did simultaneous release. Uh, but as you look back on 2021, um, a year that gave us things like Saw 9 and the Forever Purge, and what seems like the 42nd Halloween movie, uh, a second Space Jam, Ryan Reynolds oh my gosh. playing the same character in Free Guy, Red Notice, and Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. 
uh, and the Eternals. Uh, <laughs> as as you look so back good. on, what were some of the bright spots for you guys? What were some of your favorite movies that came out this year, or even that you saw this year that maybe came out previously? That's such a good point that he is the same character in Free Guy and Red Notice and Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Uh, I I think maybe due to recency bias, I loved The Harder They Fall. Mm-hmm. I think that's Ooh. my favorite movie of the year, but maybe because of recency bias, I don't know. But I also really loved uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Mm. Uh, and I know that it was about an hour and a half too long, but I really, really enjoyed it. And then I also really liked Boss Level. I don't know if we talked about it or not, but Frank Grillo, the guy who plays Crossbones in the MCU, is yeah. basically in a Groundhog Day situation. And it's just a fun movie. And I, I remember ending that movie being like, I would watch that again tomorrow. Uh, but that was so long ago now. And Zack Snyder's Justice League was so long ago now. Mm-hmm. I guess I'd give those two honorable mention. But uh, The Harder They Fall, man, that's such a good movie. What about y'all? Uh, I'd have to echo The Harder They Fall also. Uh, that was one that came straight to streaming, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, it just, like, ca- just came out on Netflix. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting. And it makes it kind of difficult. I was having difficulty remembering remembering what movies came out this year, uh, which movies I went and saw in a theater versus which ones I saw newly on Netflix, and then also which ones are new on Netflix or just came on Netflix instead of Amazon Prime or Hulu yeah. or whatever they're running yeah. in between. But the Heart of They Fall is definitely still out there. I think Black Widow was probably one of the better movies I saw in theaters. I had a great time. Nice. The, I saw it with a good crowd, which you know influences your view and experience yeah. a ton. Absolutely. It totally does. Yeah. And it was like the first movie I came back and saw in a theater. So that made it even better. And I really enjoyed the movie too. So, And it was the first Marvel movie I'd seen in a while. So everything was just coming together on that one. Um, and then I also have Free Guy on my list. I know Ryan Reynolds plays the same character in all those movies, but I think Free Guy is the one where it makes the most sense uh, for Ryan Reynolds to be Ryan Reynolds uh, because he is a hilarious person and that movie is hilarious. And then finally rounding out my list is the new Spider-Man movie. Mm. I don't want to get into it too much, but man, did that movie rock. That was definitely the most fun I had in the theater this year. It was yeah. amazing. I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, the the one thing that I took away from this year more than anything is that I do have a different movie experience in a theater versus at home. And I didn't think I would mm. necessarily. Um, I, there's a lot of it that things that came out directly to streaming that I was very appreciative of because just the convenience factor. And I love watching movies in my own living room. But the couple times that I went out and sat down in a big theater in a big crowd and watched a movie, it did change the way that I felt about it. And Spider-Man was a great example of that. I saw it and like, you know, something would come on the screen that was either funny or like, uh, oh, like a reference to an old movie or something like that. And the whole theater would react. And I was like, ah, yes, I'm, I'm here with my people. <laughs> my people. <laughs> uh, it felt really good uh, for me. I would say my favorite movie that came out this year was No Time to Die the james bond movie oh yeah it was very good it was one that i had been waiting on you know it, mm-hmm. it got pushed and pushed and pushed and yep. they eventually were like all right here it comes and it did not disappoint mm-hmm. uh that's one i saw in the theater as well and was very appreciative of it and i thought it was a beautiful story and really well done and a great um i don't know story arc ending for 
the character of Daniel Craig's James Bond. I don't think it'll be the end of James Bond. I don't know what they'll do with it going forward, but the movie itself was very cathartic and very good. And Mm -hmm. it was also just like a very fun action movie as well. So, um, and then to Kyle's point, Zack Snyder's justice league was just the, the balm to my soul, uh, that I needed because the, the first one was just so bad. It was just so bad. It was redemption on all levels. It (laughs) redeemed the flash for me in a big way. And I needed that. I needed to know he did. He wasn't just going to suck forever because, uh, but, um, yeah, that, that, that's mainly it for me. But uh, we did talk about Spider-Man, and we didn't get into a lot of detail because we don't want to spoil what's coming up next. So if you enjoyed Spider-Man and No Way Home as much as we did, stay tuned to listen to the next podcast as we break it down. <laughs>